Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Alexander Audio, and today my guest is Imogen Ragone, who's an Alexander Technique teacher and web designer who lives in Wilmington, Delaware. We've had previous conversations about how individual teachers can use the web effectively. We've talked about websites, website design, and so forth. We've talked about social media such as Facebook and, and Twitter. And today we're going to talk about other uh, developments on the web that are can be very useful for teachers to utilize um, once they have a, a basic website in place. Uh, Imogen, welcome to the show. Oh, glad to be here, Robert. Maybe I should just quickly list the things we're going to talk about, and then we'll take each one in turn. Does that sound good? Okay, sounds good. Uh, We're going to start with blogs. We're going to talk about video and audio resources. We're going to talk about email marketing and eBooks. Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Well, let's start with blogs. You um, kind of broke into the blog, uh, to the blogosphere a few months Mm -hmm. ago. Um, what's been your experience and what do you, uh, what do you think, uh, what would you say to teachers who are contemplating, uh, creating a blog? Well, um, first of all, I never thought I would be blogging. <laughs> um, you know, what do I have to say about anything? Um, but it is, um, I have been doing some sort of social media training or if you like to call it that and it was really suggested that a blog is a highly useful tool to get more recognition more presence and I feel like that's what I want to do for me and the Alexander technique and so I um, gave it a go and I I do think it's very useful blogs um, because you're sort of regularly putting out new content. The search engines like it. Um, it. It's sort of a more personal take on things than just the sort of straight information that you give on your website. Um, and you know, it's been it's been really interesting. But I, as I say, I had some. I didn't just start out um, with no sort of information about it. I. I kind of had a plan and built up to it and, you know. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that you began with three blogs a week and I was wondering how long you were going to sustain that. I think you're doing about once a week now. Yeah, right? I'm doing once a week. Um, and I would say um, everything I've learned, blogging regularly is definitely important if you want to use it as a sort of tool to get more recognized or um you know more presence more finds on search engines you know you blogging once a month once every you know three months is not going to do you much good from that point of view i mean you may produce a very nice piece that's useful but it won't sort of create that presence in the same way Um, So as far as, uh, you know, so the advice was, you know, go for two or three times a week to start off with. And, you know, I thought I could do that. Um, (laughs) And uh, that was just a bit much for me. And um, but I am really um, 
aiming to stick with once a week as sort of my minimum target. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should for 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 people listening who are not really familiar with with Alexander blogs uh for for the most part the individual entries are fairly short well usually a few paragraphs sometimes just a paragraph or so it can be very short well and i think that's actually really important and that it is important to keep it short and if you do have something longer to say um you can split it and make a sort of blog series and you know that helps you produce more blogs <laughs> you, right. know? Right. <laughs> you know we sort right. of um but it's also kind of keeps it in sort of more bite-sized pieces that people can you know follow and hopefully if they like what you're saying it means that then they want to get your next blog to see what the sort of next piece um, of that series is and so as far as length um you know unless um your and of course we've all got maybe slightly different target audiences um but i would have thought for most teachers who are going into blogging um it is going to be for people who um for the general public i mean that's that's my goal that it's for people who really don't know anything about alexander alexander technique um and i think it should be short and to the point um if by any chance you're writing a much more academic blog, then obviously there's slightly different, you know, um, things right, that could right. be. Yeah. But why, why, we're we're having this conversation in early uh, 2012, and uh, I would say just in the last two or three months, there's been a huge increase in the number of quality blogs out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I make a point of posting the ones that seem particularly good on my on the on my Facebook page, and it used to be I did one a day, and sometimes I had to scrounge a little bit to find something to put mm-hmm. there, and now I'm doing three a day, and uh, I could be doing five or six a day, and and keep up with it and still have trouble keeping up with the really good ones. And that I think is a very interesting development because those blogs uh, get uh, funneled through Facebook and Twitter and all the social media that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So I would say that if you're an Alexander teacher and assuming you've got a website, obviously take a look at some of the Alexander technique blogs uh, take and and I think you'll you'll see how in a sense how short they can be. I guess the other thing I would say is that it really helps to have an image of some kind on a yes. blog. And it, you, it, you are the master of finding. These <laughs> I find images. good images. Uh, yes, um, I think it is because, and especially if you know, um, that would definitely be a tip I would give if you're blogging that when you've written your blog and you've published it that you immediately then go and post a link to it on Facebook mm-hmm. on your Facebook page if you have a page mm-hmm. on Twitter and you know possibly even LinkedIn and Google mm-hmm. plus you know however far you're going with the uh, social media thing but anywhere you are you want to post that information and if you've got a picture I hate to say it, but that attracts more, you know, more people, you know, if you've got something, you know, especially, I mean, Twitter not, but um, on Facebook and the other ones is, you know, they're visual and 
and it's really you know right. useful to have that image. I mean, when I tr- um, when I try to decide what I'm going to post on on my Facebook page, uh, I give preference to blogs with with images because mm-hmm. they just draw more people. They just do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I just and, wanted. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, just sort of wanted to say almost to back up a little bit on the sort of purpose of the blog, and I really would encourage you to see it. This is not a way to sell your practice. This is a way to give sort of information to be educational. Um, it's and that indirectly could mm-hmm. lead people to call you, you know, or contact you, but that's not the purpose of it. And, um, I think it's very sort of important to keep that in mind. That's it's more, and that it helps everyone that this, the more of us that are on the web in various ways, including blogging, that's just more presence for the Alexander technique in general. So I view that as sort of my goal to be putting out information about the Alexander technique. And, you know, people are learning something about me as well, you know. Um, exactly. And there it can be a resource for your own students who mm-hmm. can then perhaps share them with their friends. I, I, one thing I would say is if you are getting into blogging, Make sure that it's not too difficult for a visitor to your blog to find your website. Yes, that is absolutely key. And I've seen a few very (laughs) nice blogs by some Alexander teachers. And there's no link back to a website or an about who is writing it. There should be, even Mm -hmm. if your blog site is not your website, there should be... um, maybe the, that one other page that is about you, the author. Um, I think people want, people want to know who this is that is writing and you need to put a link back to your main website so people can, you know, and of course you, I would put all your contact information on your blog, but of course yeah. your website would have even more information on your less you know lessons, et cetera, et cetera. So, right. Yeah. And I think um, your your page that has your blog where it's hosted mm-hmm. is very much in your particular one is very integrated with the other kind of things that we'll be talking about mm-hmm. your email list um definitely yeah. easy to i think and that's you know we'll probably come to the email list later but i've actually begun i i had that on my main website for ages and admittedly it wasn't such an inviting way but I invited people just to subscribe to my e-newsletter and I think I only ever had one subscribe from that since I've been blogging I've had quite a few Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know the people who were getting on my list before because they signed up you know through classes or workshops so you know they were actually people I'd met (laughs) right right Um, yeah. So that's sort of been an interesting development. So I guess if you're producing a blog which has interesting information, then people are more likely to then want other information from you. Exactly. And it's it's part of I think it's just the general scene on the web. It's a highly interconnected system and everything all of these things can be very synergistic synergistic with each other. 
just you know your website will benefit from your blog uh, your blog page will benefit from your website video everything interconnects and and um so i think we've kind of covered blogs we have but there's a related topic to blogs that i did want to mention and that mm-hmm. is commenting on blogs on other people's blogs. On other people's yes. blogs. And mm-hmm. um, you have, may have no interest in blogging whatsoever. However, if you read a blog that maybe it's a blog by another Alexander Technique teacher, maybe it's not, but you might have some relevant point to make that maybe would relate to Alexander, mm-hmm. leave a comment. That's what bloggers want, and it helps the um, visibility in search engines and everything. But also key to that is when you fill out the little um, form, I guess, to leave your comment, it always asks you for your website. Put that in. And that means your name on that comment will be linked directly to your website. Exactly. So if what you say on that blog is interesting, people Mm -hmm. could click that Mm -hmm. and they will get your whole, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And I think if you are blogging, uh, even more important, maybe put your link to your blog site um, because I think bloggers would be, if you're commenting on theirs, they maybe would check yours out mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and be more likely to comment back on yours. And um, yeah. You want to make it very easy for the interconnectedness of the web to manifest. Yeah. For, and I would suggest, you. I would suggest if you do have a blog and you want to encourage commenting, you could even, I've, I've, you know, maybe it's a little bit forced, but I always sort of invite it at the end of my blogs mm-hmm. to show that I actually want that. And I do make sure, um, certainly at the moment, I've only been blogging a couple of months, that I am responding at least in some very, in some little way to each comment so that people don't just leave it and then don't know whether you, wanted it or right, not or right, you know right. or certainly if someone asks a question absolutely respond i mean i think maybe eventually i won't need to respond to every single comment but i think you should still always respond to some yes absolutely well let's move on to video and and audio um just as there's been kind of an explosion in blogs alexander blogs good ones there has also been an explosion in good, reasonably well-produced Alexander videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Just this morning, a whole bunch yes. more. I mean, it's like every day um, there's some more good ones out there, and some of them are amazingly good. The, the ones that are really good tend to be short, very focused, reasonably so short decent. Short is the theme here. Short, short is definitely the theme on the web. And reasonable production value. What you do, what you have seen in the past is lots of videos that were made at workshops or uh, groups where it seems like the video was kind of an afterthought. Someone just put a camera there and, and filmed it. And a lot of those are just excruciatingly awful. The audio's bad. They're boring. And it, 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 they are, and I think... And they may not be useful for someone who doesn't... If you maybe were at the workshop and it's sort of helping jog your right. memory about right. what happened, but... Yeah, <laughs> they are they are useless, and I would say in a few cases worse than useless. Mm. But there, as I say, more recently there have been some amazing 
uh, short videos on on uh, YouTube. And I think it's worth bearing in mind that YouTube, which of course is owned by Google, is um, from what I've read, the biggest search engine. I now. thought it was more that it was second, but second to Google itself. Yeah, it's, it, it's it a major, yeah. major source of people getting information. Yeah. And Google, uh, email, um, sorry, videos, uh, along with audio as well, are particularly adaptable to handheld devices, which are becoming an increasingly large portion of internet searches as well so they are really a perfect medium and i would say if you have some facility with video or you uh, have a student who knows something about video and you're up for producing a short video about your teaching or something on a particular alexander topic i i would take advantage of that and you know um I may be at some point getting into video myself, um, but I do think it's not so hard to produce it yourself now. There are little little cameras that you mm-hmm. can just do it and it will upload it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all sort of built in. Um, I haven't investigated it fully, um, but it can be useful. So there's two ways you could think about what um, the, a video could be. It could be you just talking and letting people know some things about you know the Alexander technique or you or, or whatever or it could be sort of demonstrating something and maybe working with a student or whatever mm-hmm. um, uh, certainly the you just talking um, give it, it probably needs very little in terms of you know production skills you know um, right so and, and they would make a great addition to your website especially yeah. if it's short and succinct Absolutely. it's a way of introducing potential clients to you in a way that's kind of unmatched by any other medium yeah people want to get to know you and what is better than being able to actually see you and hear you talk and watch you move you know Um, yeah Um, as far as the length you mentioned shorter the better I have here under five minutes for sure Um, Mm -hmm. two to three minutes is probably better and even shorter if you can I Mm -hmm. would like to give a shout out to Judy Stern Judy Stern fabulous 47 47 second video introducing the Alexander technique. It was, it was perfect. Uh, really great. And she's the one who just, we've just seen, I think, six new videos by her in the last couple of days. And they're all under three minutes, I believe. And yeah. they are very succinct, um, very sh- short and to the point. And um, they are all incredibly useful resources. And, and anytime you produce a video that's, any good at all and and put it on YouTube, it's available for other teachers to embed in their websites. Mm -hmm. If they, if they don't want to do their own videos, they might at least say, well, here's some, Mm -hmm. here's some video information about the technique. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a service that really, um, it helps everybody. Yeah. And of course you could embed it right in your blog too. So Absolutely. In fact your blog could be a sentence or two and an embedded video. Absolutely. A lot of people are doing Mm -hmm. vlogging, video blogging Mm -hmm. is sort of an Mm -hmm. in thing. And I think once you get into video, especially if you're just doing the sort of like I'm gonna give someone a few tips, you're just sort of talking to the camera. Um you know, i think 
once you can get into that, it could be simpler than writing a blog. It could be quicker, you know, um, you know, once you've mm-hmm. got through how that sort of whole thing is produced. And, right. And as yeah. you said, the, the equipment is uh, very, very inexpensive. It's now. got cheaper and easier, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Uh, maybe I can give, uh, as I investigate more, you know, I'll have more information. On no, that, you can, but... you can actually produce quite decent quality videos mm-hmm. with like a hundred dollar, um, yeah. cam- camcorder. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should touch briefly on, oh, and one thing we should say, if you're putting, uh, putting videos on YouTube, which is certainly the place mm-hmm. to do it, be sure the description of the video has a link to your website on it. That's yeah. something that people leave out a lot, and they uh, lose out on all kinds of benefits from it. And the title of your video, make yes. sure you give it a title that is got good keywords. Mm-hmm. For instance, Alexander Technique, you know, in the title. And that goes back to blogs too. You know, put in the titles those words that you think people might be searching Yes, always. Um, yeah. You can never under you yeah. uh, ever overuse the phrase Alexander mm-hmm. technique. Yeah. It should be in the title, should be in the description, maybe repeated a couple of times, because that's how people are going to find you on mm-hmm. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, audio, I think um, that. I mean, for me, that's the area I've been most intrigued yeah. by, mm-hmm. and um, and I think on a handheld, that is really a really nice thing on a phone for instance to mm-hmm. have those audio clips yeah audio clips are perfect for handheld devices they're also because uh, the, in my case i've got a an audio podcast that gets syndicated through itunes and other media, other um channels like that it can be downloaded onto your i iPhone or iPad or anything, any any anything. device. But and I like, then, yeah. yeah. And you can listen to it on the way to work. You know, it's it's an it's an easy medium to. Um, it's easy for people to access, especially if they don't have a lot of free time, but they they are commuting every day or driving. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great place for them to listen to uh, to audio interviews. And um, we talked briefly before this conversation about the fact that if you produce a single audio, uh, the, the distribution for that's a little tricky, and the finding it's a little tricky. Um, it really it is a huge advantage in in syndicating it through uh, iTunes but i'll just put it out there that i am always looking for more interviews mm-hmm. at uh at body at body learning cast the my uh, audio podcast. podcast site and there's no they don't have to be by me i mean if you want you could interview someone and uh, if it's any good i'll i'll make it into a podcast and you'll get lots of uh it'll reach a lot of people and it'll have your a link to your site on it and so on so definitely yeah. consider that i to me i mean in anything that you do if you just create your own mp3 file you know that can be linked to on your website and you know i, I have mm-hmm. one posted right on my home page that has mm-hmm. In fact, the little interview I did to you just about me and my practice and the Alexander mm-hmm. technique. And, um, you know, I know that I've had a few students who've told me they've they've listened to that. And um, mm-hmm. it seems to be definitely a useful thing. Maybe if I get a video on there eventually, that would be 
more, yeah. but or maybe both because you know if you're driving. Yeah. You know, you can't listen to you, it. You don't want your prospective pupil to, <laughs> to die in a car wreck. I don't. Uh, no. But anyway, so those are those are um, media, I guess, that are that are um, pretty powerful at reaching a lot of people. Um, anything else you want to say about video and audio before we move on? Not that I can think of right now, no. So, so let, let's get maybe briefly talk about email marketing and ebooks. Uh, you're kind of um, um, you're you're the most knowledgeable person I know about email marketing. Really? So all, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but you are. Um, why don't you say a, a word or two about that and how does it work and what's been your experience with it? Well, I guess the difference between what's sort of termed email marketing and just sending out an email from your own email provider is that you sort of sign up for, uh, what would you call it? A, there's a provider that sort of manages all your your list and information and they make sure that people opt in that's what they call it that they have actually said yes i want to receive this information so you can't be spamming and not that mm -hmm. i think any of us want to but we might you know not realize that we shouldn't be sending things to people who haven't actually given us permission to right. do right yes that's an that's an extremely important point uh, there are some teachers who if you email them about something somehow assume that you want to be on their list for announcements of events and so on and that's puts puts you in a tricky situation do you want to just block that email do you want to politely tell them please don't send me anymore it should always be an opt-out feature yeah. on and any that's the email other... you send through an email and all list. these companies that provide that i use mailchimp but um mainly because that's free if you've got a smaller list um, um but there's constant contact is a, a big one that's is a small monthly fee and there's various other ones but they always have unsubscribe and that's you know i have some unsubscribes but that's great i don't want to be pushing information at someone who doesn't want to get it you know um, um right. so the way i've been doing it and this you know that's really is i send a monthly email out and i will include any information on upcoming workshops and events since i've started blogging i've started using one of my recent blogs as sort of maybe a feature part of the information mm -hmm. um which i think is a, another useful it's all tying back in this network side of things tying back in to lead people back to the blog i also have tie-ins to um, my facebook page and my twitter etc etc and of course my website um, so there's all these other ways so all these things in fact on all the things that i do on my website, I have links to my blog, to my Facebook, to my Twitter, etc. Um, you know, so it all is interconnected and you're giving people various options of how they could connect with you. Yes, absolutely. And um, ebooks? Any thoughts on ebooks? Yeah, and this is not something I can speak to out of personal experience, um, but this could be a useful thing in sort of in combination with your email marketing because um, I think it's often um, recommended that to sort of 
um, you could say it's to entice people to sign up to get your information, or you could say that you're going to give them something in you know, that it's in return for signing up, that you could offer something like an ebook on, and an ebook could be five, ten pages. Um, it's not, it doesn't have to be. It could be just, whole, you know, right. It could be quite short. It could be some some information about the technique, or maybe some tips, uh, Alexander technique related tips that you. Of, yeah, I was thinking of coming up with some maybe tips for sitting more comfortably at the computer. Sure, it could be and anything that, like that. Anything, maybe related to your specific target market. If you mainly work with musicians, something that would maybe speak more to that audience right. or and, you know <laughs> right. a number of alexander teachers websites now you'll see on the home page you know you, you get you can get a free e ebook from me just by clicking here mm -hmm. or you could join my email list by clicking here and it, you just make something available uh for free there are also uh there's at least one teacher in england who is actually selling ebooks yeah um, i mean and this is another and that's route. a whole nother route I mean, you can this go. would be more on the scale of an of a physical book right uh, you know in terms could of be content. well I mean, um not, not as much but it, uh, maybe more than the five page freebie you know well, it would be a longer a file but often it would still be um it would just be it wouldn't wouldn't be a physical book that he's sending you, but you could print it out and it would have it would look a bit like a book. I yeah, mean, and, absolutely. Yeah. So that, I mean that's a, that's a whole little sub marketing set of the Alexander world. I don't think it's caught on in the way that the other things that we've talked about have, but it's certainly worth uh, worth thinking about. And it's certainly if you you know, worth thinking about writing a book, it's certainly something you can do without all the publishing costs, you know. Um, yeah, you could, I mean, if you if you have, exactly, you can bypass the entire uh, publishing uh, network. And, and in fact, there are ways that you could make that book available on demand as an actual book. Uh, mm -hmm. You can make all those arrangements yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you feel you've got a, a, um, a wide enough audience, mm -hmm. um, then you could certainly self-publish on the web and uh, bypass the entire uh, structure out there. Or you could also link up with Amazon. Uh, Amazon makes it pretty easy these days mm -hmm. for self-published books to be sold through Amazon. Mm -hmm. So there there are all kinds of, of channels uh, there. Uh, Imogen, is there anything else that we should mention about any of these things before we come to an end? Well, it just sort of occurred to me, and this sort of applies to a few of the things we've talked about, is, and we sort of did mention it, but sharing this information on social media. So if you see a blog or a video by another teacher that you then go and sh share it. We don't just watch it and like it and not say anything. <laughs> you know? um, right. And a lot of, uh, and I would recommend this if you do have a blog that you have um, the social media um, sharing ability um, at the bottom of a blog, you can click to like on Facebook or to, you know, tweet it or mm. whatever. And 
and do that. Click at least one of them if you've liked the blog. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that it's 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 helping everyone. And you know, and if you're on particularly on Facebook, it's very mm-hmm. easy to share the link. You just click share, uh-huh. and it, there it is. Yes, and um, that's that's that, and things like it is how. Uh, some material goes viral on the Absolutely. web, which is what we want to happen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it can be that kind of cross-platform thing, like a video on YouTube could go viral mainly because it's being promoted in the blog of someone who's well-known, and then it gets on Facebook. And, yeah. you know, they're, the, the interconnectedness of all these channels really makes it possible to reach a huge audience if you have something that's that's interesting. Yeah, and I think it sort of goes back I think to how we ended our social media conversation that it's it's um multifaceted, it's not mm-hmm. just one, you know, but it's also a very indirect approach. And to... and and hence a more powerful one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. as F. Matthias Alexander would have done. And by the way, I am sure Alexander, if he were alive today, would be doing all of these things and yeah. more. He he was he was very out there using the media of his time. Letters to the editor and books and pamphlets and talks and all that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he'd be tweeting. He'd be on Facebook. He'd be on YouTube. He'd be all over the place Mm -hmm. uh, if he were alive today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that just reminded me um, just this past week or so, that video of Nicholas Timbergen Mm -hmm. um, um, came to surface. Mm -hmm. And that created a little buzz. It got shared around, you know. Um, So... That's the sort of thing we want. That was uh, Nicholas Timbergen who got the 1973 Nobel Prize for medicine and something else. Uh, some some other topic. Anyway, he a, a good part of his acceptance speech was a, a, a ringing endorsement of the Alexander technique. Mm-hmm. And and we've had the transcript or articles about it, but now we have the actual video mm-hmm. uh, of him giving the talk. Anyway, maybe this is a good place to end our conversation. Absolutely. What do you think? Yeah, so good. my uh, guest today has been Imogen Ragone, an Alexander Technique teacher in Wilmington, Delaware, and also a website designer. Imogen, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs>